Amen, amen, amen. So much going on here this morning. I am so excited to be able to speak with you uh, this time of Bible study here at Avalon Church. There's so much to celebrate. I just want to thank Jeremy. Can y'all give it up for Jeremy? He's a prayer warrior. I love this man. So thankful for him and his family. Uh, thankful for David Lee and his wife leading us in worship. I, I love them so much. Um, there's just a lot to celebrate here at Avalon Church. If you're new, you're coming into a time really of celebration. Where I'm still celebrating the risen king. I, I can't like not be excited about that. I'm still celebrating that he's alive, that he is out of the tomb. Um, I'm celebrating that you all uh, sponsored over 54 children on Easter Sunday. That's an incredible thing. Um, and, and just a couple weeks ago, there was a room overflowing with people that want to go to Aguas Caliente. Mexico. Like that is just an incredible thing. There are people going to Colombia. So there's just so much to celebrate. What an exciting time. And there's also one more thing. Our pastor, our senior pastor here at Avalon Church, he's away for a couple weeks, but I'm, I'm excited for him. I want to celebrate him because uh, he's finally uh, pronouncing Aguas Calientes properly. Come on, let's <laughs> praise him, right? Or maybe he's just avoiding it altogether by saying the town, Palomino. It's just a lot easier for a southern man to say. I can understand that. But this, let, can we just celebrate and give God praise in this place for everything, for all that he has done, all that he is doing? Um, we know at the 9 a.m. service, the majority of our church family is here. So y'all probably have seen me around. I'm Pastor Arthur. I'm the youth and worship pastor if you're new here this morning. And I, I have so much to praise God for. Uh, by God's sovereign grace, I've been able to worship here, lead in worship. I've been able to teach and preach. I've been, I've been able to fellowship and break bread with all of you. Um, one of the most beautiful things, I've been able to raise my family here in this beautiful church uh, with my wife and three kids. That's by God's sovereign grace that I'm able to do that. But it's also because of this. It's also because the promises of God are sure. And because of those promises, I can raise my kids here. I can break bread with you guys here. I can fellowship with you guys here. I can teach with you guys here because of the promises of God. And this morning, I just want to remind you in our time of study that there's so much to praise God for, for his faithfulness. And so often we forget to praise the faithfulness of God. And so Sunday morning is just a celebration of that, a celebration of having the saints together. And when other people come and they hear and they come in here, we should be celebrating the faithfulness of God. We should be lifting up the promises of God and celebrating that. And so just for a second, I'm going to do something really millennial. I'm going to have you turn to your neighbor, okay? And I want you to say this with a sincere heart and with conviction. And maybe you're at a place this morning um, where you're like, I don't really believe that, but I do believe in the power of words. God spoke and then the earth came into existence, right? So the power of words are so important. So right now, turn to your neighbor, and I want you guys to say this to your neighbor. All of God's promises are true and sure. Can you do that? So I always like to do this, turn to your second favorite, I'm just kidding, I'm just, and tell them all of God's promises are true and sure, because they are. Amen. Oh, yeah, you guys listen well, that's awesome. And so this is true, we need to, be, we need to remind each other of that Sunday morning. This is a celebration as we talk about God's faithfulness, God's promises, I love the worship set, but we need to have the word of God on our lips and remember these promises like Deuteronomy 7, 9 where it says, know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. What a promise. Remind each other of that every Sunday, every Sunday, or Psalms 119.90 where it says, Your faithfulness endures to all generations. 
You've established the earth, and it stands fast. We need to be reminding each other of that. Amen? Maybe you're going through it this morning, but if we hear that verse on Sunday morning, that will bring hope to you. You can cling to those promises. The truth is this morning, the promises of God are sure. They are steadfast. They are immovable and transcends all cultures and all generations throughout eternity. That's the promises of God, and I'll tell you why that is true. Because our God is a promise maker and a promise keeper. So I want you to turn to your neighbor now and say, our God is a promise maker and a promise keeper. Can you do that? Our God keeps his promises, and maybe you've come in here and you've been surrounded with broken promises by imperfect people, even Christians in the room, uh, those who come to church on Sunday and serve faithfully, and maybe we've broken some promises and maybe we've hurt some feelings, but our God is a promise maker and he is a promise keeper because he's perfect in all of his ways. And his promises are sure. And the truth is, is whether you believe that, God is a promise maker and a promise keeper can dramatically change how you live as a Christian and what you believe as a believer So today the message is for the Christian, but it's also for those who feel like there is no hope because our hope has been in people. But this morning I want you to fix your eyes on our God who is a promise maker and a promise keeper. And today's message is for families, as as Jeremy said. It's for the families in the room, moms and dads. It's, It's for you. But it's also for the grandparents. You're not exempt, okay? It's for you as well. It's for children in the room. It's It's for students. It's for the singles in the room who are looking to have families one day because if somebody would have shared with me the message I'm going to give to you today, it would have saved me a lot of heartache, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. And so we need you to tune your hearts and your ears to listen to the promises of God, to listen to the word of God. The word of God is going to be above us today, and we're going to be below it. There are four main points that we're going to cover. We're going to address, we're going to try to address these four things in our time. And here's the four things we're going to look at in the scriptures. One, the sure promises of God are for all people at all places of life and at all times. What does that mean? Two, living out the sure promises of God and the holy scriptures. A lot of time we hear messages, we get a lot of truth, but we don't know what to do with it. Maybe you've been there before. I know I have. Three, what is the result of not trusting in the sure promises of God? And four, my favorite. I can't wait to get there. I want to kind of just jump there. But all of God's promises are sealed with a yes in Christ. We're going to figure out what that means. So if you have your phone or iPad, you can turn to our YouVersion app. If you don't have a YouVersion app, it's just a Bible app. It's my favorite Bible app, by the way. And you can follow along on the notes. We work hard on that week to week to give you notes. And that is not just for Sunday morning, by the way. It's also for, so that you can go back during the week and read the Word of God and go back to the notes and search the Scripture. So if you have that, turn to that. Or if you don't have your Bible, don't worry. Uh, we'll have the notes on the screen. We'll have the Scriptures on the screen. Or if you have this thing called like a paperback Bible, right? which I love. Um, Turn to Deuteronomy 6, because that's where we'll spend the majority of the first half here of our time. Um, But before I go there, let's just go to the Lord and ask him to speak, as, uh, as some have alluded to this morning. Father, we just need you so much. God, I, I, without you, my, the preaching is folly, God. We need the power of the cross. We need the very Holy Spirit of God to speak to us this morning. God, help me to get below your word. 
Let your word be above us, God. Let it govern us, God. Let it be our desire to want to keep your promises and, and, and to cling to your promises, God. We know that we're in a place in life, God, that everything around us is, is falling apart and people break their promises. But you're a promise maker and a promise keeper. And I just pray that you would speak to the hearts of your people this morning and draw your people to yourself this morning through your holy word. Help me to get out of the way. As John 3.30 says, help me to decrease so that way you would increase in this place. That's my prayer, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So our main text is a, a familiar text out of Deuteronomy 6 in the Old Testament. Um, this specific passage that we'll be in is called the Shema. And the Shema is a Hebrew word um, that, that means, uh, it's actually a twofold word. I just put the, the first part of it there. But it's a Hebrew word that means hear or listen. But it also means hear, listen, and obey. So it's a twofold word. And this is called the Shema. And the Shema, the hear, listen, and obey is said over and over again in these passages. So you know that God said, this is very important. Shema, hear, listen, and obey. Shema, hear, listen, and obey. And even in the Old Testament scriptures, they would say those, um, those have, a lot of people have ears, but they don't listen. So hear, listen, and obey is a really important part of this Shema. So we're going to look at the Shema, and, and it starts at Deuteronomy 6.1. And here's kind of the backdrop and quick. Um, Moses is charging the Israelites after a long life of walking with the Most High God. And listen, walking with God in obedience and walking in, in God with disobedience, they've gone through both of those things. And they've walked with them, and God wanted to speak to them because Joshua was going to get the baton, and he just wanted to, to, to enforce in them and to remind them to keep the promises of God and to cling to his sure promises. And we desperately need that today. That is for us. It's a reminder to us. And maybe in your Bible, you probably have the heading, it says, the greatest commandment. So you know it's important, right? If it says the greatest commandment. And Jesus alluded to that um, uh, even in the New Testament. So let's start our study in Deuteronomy 6, starting at verse 1. Here we go. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. Moses said, first and foremost... I'm not teaching you, God is teaching you today. And in the same way, I'm not teaching you, God is teaching you today. So I, that's why I ask God so I can get out of the way, so he can speak to you. So the most high God, the very breath of God, that's his word, is speaking to us. And so he says that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, which was a promise, which was a fulfilled promise for the Israelites. That you may fear the Lord your God, if you have your Bible, if you have your version, let's highlight that. That you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son, and your son's son. So by the way, make sure you fear God, but not just you, you, your sons, and your son's son. So no one's exempt in this, right? And But he also says, also by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, keep his word. So fear the Lord, keep his word for your son and your son's sons as well which I commanded you all the days of your life. Don't just keep them today, continually for the rest of your life. And that your days may be long, that your days may be fulfilled. That's a promise. That's the first promise he gives. If you fear God, keep his word, your sons and your sons' sons, your days will be long and fulfilled and filled with joy or blessedness. And then verse 3, it says, Shema probably doesn't have that in your Bible, but Shema, hear, therefore, O Israel, hear, listen, and obey, hear, listen, and obey, and be careful, here it goes, we're going to highlight this one, be careful to do them, let's hide them, so fear God, keep his word, and be careful to do them, hear, listen, obey, that, here's another promise, that it might go well with you, 
and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. And we know that the Israelites landed in the, in the land flowing with milk and honey. Praise be to God for that. We can trust in the promises of God. So we can spend the majority of our time in these passages, but for the sake of time, we're going to address our first point with two major takeaways. And I believe that God wanted the reader to take home these passages to ensure, really, this first point that we're going to address, that the promises of God are for all people. There are for all places of life and at all times. And to clarify for the, for the Christian in the room, the theologian in the room, that uh, I know you probably hear all people, you're like, oh, you're cringing. But uh, this is for, in the time, in the context, Moses was talking to God's people, which were the Israelites. But we can become children of God this morning by faith in Jesus Christ. Galatians 3.26 tells us that. And that is the only way to be reconciled back to God. And so it is for all people. All people this morning can claim that promise, can claim these truths by faith in Jesus. But we're going to get to that in verse 4. And as we uh, dig a little deeper here in, in our time. So let's address, let's, let's address the first highlight First point here in, 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 our, in our time, it says, fear the Lord your God, right? You highlighted that, and keep his word all the day of your life. That's the first, right? That's the first key in our, in our first point. You and your sons and their sons. And so a lot of times when we hear f- the fear of the Lord or fear the Lord your God, as Christians, uh, uh, we, some of us don't even understand it. Um, even outside of Christian circles, like fear God, it's kind of a weird thing. And, and even in some cases, it has a bad connotation to it. Um, it's just because we don't understand it. So let's define it today. It refers to the fear that a child has for his father. Not the fear that a prisoner in a torture chamber has for his tormentor. Not that kind of fear. It's the fear of a child who has tremendous respect and love for his father or mother and who dearly wants to please them. Right? I see this all the time in my house. I have three children, right? And they fight to want to please me. Praise God. I'm taking it all in right now, right? So they run up to me. They're like, Dad, look what I did, right? And I'm like, that's awesome, but don't hit your sister, right? And it's usually my son, Caden, whom I love very much. But they want to please me, right? And so he has, it's this kind of fear or anxiety of offending the one he loves, right? Not because he's afraid of torture or even punishment. My son or my daughter, they're, they're not afraid that I'm going to torture them. They might be afraid that I'll punish them. But that's not the main case here, right? But rather it's because he's afraid of displeasing the one who is in that child's world, the source of all security and love. Fear the Lord your God. We want to please God. We want to do anything and everything to stay away from displeasing God. Why? Because he's the source of all security and love. So I fear God because I want to please him. I fear God because I don't want to displease the source of all security and love. The focus here is on the sense of awe and respect for the majesty of God. And Proverbs 9.10 is a familiar passage. It says, um, say that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A lot of us know that passage. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's, in, in, it, this is a really popular verse in, in Hebrew literature. It was called wisdom literature. And they would say this as they would come into towns. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that would separate them from all other gods because they would say, I don't know how I got to this land, but the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We want to please God. We don't want to displease God. And so Proverbs 9.10 is the beginning of wisdom. How amazing is that? That the beginning of wisdom is to want to please God and not displease him. Love him. The, the source of all security and love. There should also be a healthy fear of God's judgment. Because after all, we are sinners, right? 
We, after all, we fall short of the glory of God, and we do need the reconciliation of God through Christ. So there is that as well. But the fear of the Lord is wanting to please God, teaching our kids to want to please God, teaching our families to not want to displease the source of all security and love, not just for me, but to my son and to my daughter and their kids and their kids, amen? Grandparents, parents, we're all in, in this thing. And But then he says, keep his word, right? Keep his word. And Jesus, he talks about this. You've got to keep his statutes. You've got to keep his commandments. And this is an important one. We've got to teach our kids to fear God, please him, not displease him, honor the source of all security and love, but keep his word. And then Jesus in John 14, 15, he talks to this. He alludes to this. Just as God told Moses in the text hundreds of years ago, he alludes to this same point. And by the way, Jesus says this over three times in the passages we're, gonna, we're about to read here in just a few seconds. And when somebody says something multiple times, you got to listen, right? If I tell my kids, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, right? What do I want them to do? Stop. All right, okay. But in this case, he reminds us in John 14, 15, here's what Jesus says. He says, if you love me, this is going to be a shocking statement to some of us. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. This morning, if you claim that you love Jesus, then you keep his commandments. And just in case we weren't sure, again, Jesus addresses it again. Whoever has my commandments is keeping them and keeps them. He it is who loves me. And he who loves me, here's a promise, will be loved by my Father, praise God. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. And maybe you're at a place, you're like, I don't sense God, I don't, I don't see God. And maybe because you haven't been loving Jesus, because you haven't been keeping his word. He says, if you love Jesus, you keep his word, and you'll be loved by your Father. And he, Jesus will manifest himself to us, in us, and through us. And then one last time, just in case we didn't get it in John uh, 14, starting at verse 23, Jesus answered him, here we go, just in case we didn't get it. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him, promise. And we will come to him and make our home with him, promise. Amazing. He's going to make a home with us, with God. And here's the reality check for this morning. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. Those who claim they love Jesus this morning, they keep his word. Those who claim they love Jesus, they keep his word and they fear God. They do not want to displease God. They want to honor God. And maybe you've been running away from God. And today you want to hold on to the promise. But it starts here. Fear the Lord your God and keep his words all the days of your life. And teach them to your sons and, your, and their sons. And here's what that means in 2017. Here's what that means for all of the Avalonians, okay? We are a people, Avalonians. Here's what it means for us. If you love Jesus, you say you love him, and you trust his promises this morning, here's what will happen. You'll want his word over everything. You'll desire his word over everything. You'll enjoy his word over everything. And you'll prefer his word over everything. 
There's no wiggle room there. You'll want it. You'll desire it. You'll enjoy it. And you'll prefer it. And so often we teach our kids there's so much going on. I know my, I, I, I coach a U6 team. It's crazy. But we have something going on every week and there's activities. But we have to be careful to teach our kids to keep his word. If we say we love Jesus in our house, we keep his word. We want it over everything. We desire it over everything. We enjoy it over everything. And we prefer it over everything. So if something conflicts with the word of God or things of God, I choose God. And so this morning, we have to be careful what we're teaching our families. Are we teaching them to fear the Lord our God? To want to please him? Are, are, we, are we teaching our kids to say, when they, when they say, I, I love Jesus, are we keeping his word? Because that's, that's the gauge. Are we keeping his word? And the sure promises of God are for all people. You can claim them today. You can claim, that, you can claim all of these truths that we've spoken of so far at all places of life. No matter where you are this morning, no matter how broken you came in here, no matter how perfect you think you came in here. And at all times, it transcends all cultures and all places of life. But it's only, these sure promises are only for those who fear God and keep his word. And the promise is, is that your days will be long. And fulfilled, filled with a God-given purpose, joy that only God can give us this morning. And maybe you're just in this place where you're not experienced, that you can receive that, you can claim that by faith in Jesus. And starting with fearing God and keeping his word, we can claim that sure promise. And then it says, do his word, right? It says that be careful to do them. This is the second key. Live out and do his word. James simply tells us in James 2.17, he says, Faith, y'all know this verse, without works is, most of us know this, the 9 a.m. crowd, right? The Bible study crowd. Faith without works is dead. Shema, hear, listen, obey. Hear, listen, obey. That's why in the Old Testament, some of the prophets would say they have ears, but they don't listen. They don't do them. And so Shema, hear, listen, and obey, O Avalonians, be careful to not just fear God, absolutely start there, keep his word, but then live them out. And it can be hard living them out in a world that doesn't know God. But we don't do this in our own strength, but we do this by the power of God in our life. We can't claim the promises of God that we so desperately want if we're not fearing God, keeping his word, and living it out. Because the sure promises of God are for all people at all places of life, at all times. Caveat for those who fear God, keep his word, and do his word. And then the promise is, is that your days will go long, your days will be long fulfilled, and that your days will go well with us. Who doesn't want that? Our days to go well. That no matter how low we are in the day, that we can have hope in the promises of God. It will go well in that aspect. And then our families will multiply. And maybe some of you guys have enough kids, but you're like, I don't want it to multiply. The Arizaries aren't in the room, but they would amen to that. But our days will go well with us. And our families will multiply. And the beautiful thing that Jesus says is that the Father will make a home for us with him 
What an incredible truth that is that we can claim. So church, let's claim these promises this morning. Let's cling to his word. And so a lot of times we have problems with understanding how to live something out. We receive the word of God on Sunday morning and we re- well, sometimes we receive the big picture but we don't know how to live them out. And that's always my biggest struggle and maybe you can, um, you can kind of sympathize with that. And so I really wanted to pr- get to this second point because it's so important that we, re- we talk about the promises. We hear the word of God but how do we live out the sure promises of God? We know the foundation is fear God, keep his word, live it out. But let's continue to read because Deuteronomy 6 gives us this foundation. So let's continue at verse 4. Shema, hear, O Israel. Hear, listen, and obey, O Avalonians. Here we go. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And when these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. So for just a second, here's what I want to do just for a moment. Can I have all the parents in the room stand up for me? Can you all do that really quick? All the parents. And let's get the grandparents in the room too because you guys are in except Parents and grandparents stand in the room. I want you to answer this question for me on three, okay? I'm going to ask you a question. And I want you to answer. And then parents, don't sit down after you answer it. I want you to look around at each other, okay? Here's the question, okay? Is there any such thing as a perfect parent or perfect parenting? On three. One, two, three. Praise God. Look around the room. Look around the room. Praise God. Y'all can have a seat. Praise God, right? Look around the room. Now you can take, yeah, yeah, you can take a breather. You can take a breather, parents. No one has it all together, right? No one has it down. I do not have it down. Trust me. Come come to my house after church and you'll find out, right? Maybe after nap time, okay? But we can live in and live out the promises of God by doing the following that we just read. Because the following is a foundation. By the way, God cares so very much about foundation. That's why Jesus, in the greatest sermon ever, he ends it off by saying, be careful about your foundation. Be careful how you build your house on the foundation. One, when the storms come, will get blown away, and the other will stand. So foundation is important, but everybody kind of furnishes their house a little differently, if you know what I mean, right? We, everybody lives it out differently. There are different cultures all around the world, but this is the foundation upon how we raise a godly family. And godly children that want to seek God, keep his word, fear God. So here it is. Here are the structural pillars. Here's how we live them out. This is practical. You can take this home. If this isn't you today, you can start this morning. First thing, teach your kids to worship one God. The Lord your God is one. We believe in the Trinity. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We worship one God. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6 says that. But here's the thing. Sometimes we can misconstrue how we understand this practically. Like I said a second ago, a lot of times, a lot of things get in the way of God. And we have a lot of activities, and we put those things over God. But the Lord your God is one. We have to teach them to worship God. 
And if they're spending the majority of their time doing something else outside of worshiping God, who do you think they worship? I didn't think I was going to get an amen for that one. It's a hard one. In a day where everything is pulling at our students, I see it every week. Every week. I can't make it to youth because of this. Can't make it to this because of this. Can't make it to this because of this. Can't make it to this. They haven't been in church in like six months. The Lord your God is one. We need to worship God. And we need to teach our kids to do that. Second, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. I tell my son that every day he just likes to, the might part. He likes to, ah, oh, he likes to do that. It's his favorite part. But the truth is, is we can't fake that one. A child can, can smell a fake from a mile away. If you don't love God with all your whole heart, soul, and might, you can't fake that. You can come in here on Sunday morning and praise God, and when you go home, you haven't opened up your Bible, you haven't talked about Jesus for a whole week. And they'll call you out, by the way. We can't fake loving God with everything we have. We need to love God this morning with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our might, with everything we have. And third, we need to teach God's word all the time. And everywhere we go, every moment we have a chance, teach the word of God to our children. My kids are in Awana. They love it. They learn the word of God. We got a youth group, word of God, children's ministry, word of God. We need to teach them the word of God. But it's not just on Sunday, right, or Wednesday at Awana. We, parents, grandparents, church family, Avalon Park community, we need your help in teaching the word of God. We're all in on this one. And, and, and it looks differently for everybody. I know some families that have Monday night Bible studies with their families. Or, or before they go to school, they, have a, they, they wake up early because depending on the season of life they're in, they have teenagers. They wake up early and they have this schedule and praise God for that. But that might look differently for me because I have a six-year-old, a five-year-old, and a three-year-old, Right? And so sometimes, uh, maybe Christian in the room, you've been offended by another Christian because they're like, you have to do Monday night Bible study with your kids. And I'm like, I, I can't do that, right? Then maybe you're there. So I'm going to apologize if you've ever been told by a Christian, this is how you do it. The foundation is what we got to tell people. Fear God, keep his word, teach them to worship the one true God and love God with all your heart, soul, and might. And how you go about doing that during the week, that's up to you. How you want to address that, that's up to you. Because it does look differently for me. I have a six, five, and, and three-year-old. If I woke them up at six in the morning, they wouldn't even really be awake, right? And so it looks differently. I teach my kids everywhere we go. We do Goncalves Family Mondays, and that's not perfect. We, we wake up in the morning and we pray, and we wake up in the morning and pray for our day, and anytime we have the chance, I tell them the word of God, or we sing worship songs till noon, or maybe we'll go to Disney, and every single time we have a moment, I just want to point them to God. Wow, you see that over there? Well, praise God. You know that God created that, right? Right? That God created the heavens and there. Did you know that, right? Or no matter, any time I have a moment, I'm trying to point them to God, the creator. I'm trying to point them to their savior and show how good he is. So it looks different for all of us. But these are the structural pillars, Christians, that we need to keep. Teach them to worship the one true God. Be careful for things that get in the way. Love God with all of our heart, soul, and might. And teach the word every single time we get the chance. Amen? Amen? And then third, what is the result of not trusting in the sure promises of God? And I'm going to tell you this, and this is maybe where you're at. 
When we don't trust in God and his sure promises, we wander in the desert of our own lives. And maybe you're at a place where you're just kind of looping. Every day is a loop. There's no fulfillment. There's no joy. There's no peace. Because maybe you're not trusting in God and who he is. You're not trusting in his word and his sure promises. And you're wandering in the desert of your, of your own life. And if you need me to identify that, let me tell you what that looks like. It's an unfulfilling place. It's a place of longing for something more. It's a place that never satisfies. A place that is filled with grief. A place that seems to loop itself and becomes a bigger burden by every day you spend in it. You're wandering in the desert of your own life. We need to trust in God and his sure promises this morning. We have hope. In Numbers 14, we see a picture of God's righteous anger towards the disobedience of the Israelites. They became complacent with their gifts rather than trusting in the giver and his promises. They decided to do things their own way, not without consequence. The result of their not trusting in God was this. Here's what God says in Numbers 14. But truly, as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness have put me to the test now these ten times. They have not heeded my voice. They have not heard me. They had ears. They didn't listen or obey. They certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers. Nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. God kept his promise. Some received the promise. But those who didn't trust in the promises of God, they were wandering in the desert. And we have to be careful because we cannot reap the benefits of God's promises when we don't trust in them and live them out. Let me say that again. We cannot reap the benefits of God's promises when we do not trust in them and live them out. My favorite part, here we go. Last point. Finally. In first, if, you, if you have your Bible, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting at verse 18. We know that the promises of God are for all people at all places of life and at all times. Those who call on the name of Jesus can claim these promises. We know that we have to fear the Lord our God. We have to keep his word. We have to do them. We, we need to teach our kids to worship the one true God. We need to love God while of our heart, soul, might, and strength. And we, we have to teach them the word of God anytime we have the chance. And we got to be careful to continue to trust in them even when it doesn't make sense. So that way we won't wander in the desert of our own lives. But finally, Paul gives us an incredible truth that can transform us this morning. That is for us. I, in my study time, have never been so amazed by this truth. He starts off in verse 18. He says, as surely as God is faithful. Because we serve a faithful God. Amen. He says, as surely as God is faithful, I'm going to give you something this morning that can change the game in your life. We know the basis. We know how to do it. We receive the word. We know how to live them out. We know those things now. But here's an amazing promise for those who claim Jesus as their Savior. And maybe you haven't claimed that. And you can claim that this morning. You can claim Jesus as your Savior. You can follow him. And you can trust in these promises. Here's what Paul says, starting at verse 20. For all the promises of God find their yes in him. Find their yes in Jesus. And I'm going to kind of go off of this. Mine says that, it, 
That, that is why it is through him, Jesus, that we utter out amen to, the, to God for his glory. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has also put his seal on us and given us his very spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Wow, Paul, wow. All the promises of God are yes in Jesus. I've been thankful in my walk with Jesus for the salvation that God by his grace saved me. But as I was studying, I started to be amazed and I started to be in awe because I can claim, and today we can claim, those who call on the name of Jesus, we can claim with full assurance and rest on all of God's 5,467 promises that were never made to us. By the way, the majority of the promises that were made in the scriptures were not for us. They were, they were made for the Israelites. They were made for the prophets. And so I was sitting there amazed in my study because I was like, wow, by the grace of God, I can claim promises that were never made for me. If I wait on Jesus, I can trust that he will see everything through that needs to be seen through. I can trust in his sovereignty. But it's incredible truth that with full assurance, we can trust in all of God's promises. And it was all because of one person. The Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And believer in the room, maybe you are wandering. This morning you can trust in the promises of God. He is waiting for you with open arms. You can trust on all of God's promises. You can lean on them. You can stand on them. You can live in them. And you can live them out. And show a world that there is hope because the promises of God are for today, but they're also for the future. They're for our kids. And they're, it's for their children. It's an incredible truth that we can be reconciled to God through Jesus. And as this scripture so beautifully puts it, that we are sealed with a guarantee. When something's guaranteed, you're like, yes, it's guaranteed through the Holy Spirit of God. You're not sure? Are you not sure, believer, that the promises are true? Well, come to the altar today and say, I want to trust in the promises of God. And when you trust in the promises of God, when you trust in the Savior of the world, you are sealed. You are a child of God. And all of those promises made to the Israelites and the prophets, you can claim them. You can claim those promises. So I want everybody just to stand up with me. We're going to end this way. There's an old children's song that captures the truth of what we talked about this morning. And I just want us to say it together. I think it's on the screen there. I just want us to say it together because this captures everything we talked about. Let's just say it together. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. All the blessings of his love divine. Every promise in the book is mine. Come on, can we give a praise for that church? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father God, if there's anyone in the room, we haven't done this in a while in Avalon Church, but I believe that God is faithful and I believe he wants us to claim the promises of God. And I believe it's not just for those who are seeking and don't know God, but it's also for the believer who has been wandering in the desert of his own life. So this morning, no one is looking around. I'm going to do this old school. No one is paying any attention. 
their eyes are closed, their heads are bowed. If there's anyone in the room right now that has never placed their faith in Christ and has been sealed by the very Spirit of God, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand high. I see you. Praise God. Keep your hand high. No one's looking. No one's looking. This is a time to claim the promises of God, and we can't be casual about it. We can't be casual because when we follow Jesus, the world is going to ask us, who is it that you're following? And we got to claim Christ. So praise God. Thank you. For the Christian in the room, maybe you're wondering, if you're wondering this morning and you want to claim the promises of God, I want you to raise your hand right now. Christian, believer, if you're wandering, you're just wandering, you're just wandering. You need the promises of God. Keep it up. Praise God. Keep your hands up. Praise God. We can claim that this morning. Praise God, believer. When we're done with our service here, or even maybe right now, there's going to be people in this prayer room that we have here to the corner. There's going to be people up here. And if you raise your hand to place your faith in Jesus, I want you to just to come up to the front maybe now or maybe after service. Just come to the prayer room in the back. There's going to be women there. There's going to be men there to talk about what does that mean and what are the next steps. What do we do? So, Father God, thank you for being faithful. God, thank you that we don't need to trust in ourselves, in our own wisdom, but we can trust in the promises of God because you're a good God and our God, you God, you are a promise maker and a promise keeper. God, all the promises around us might be broken, but you are perfect in all your ways and your promises are true. And you never break a promise. So this morning, I pray that the Christian that is wandering, that they would cling to your promise, God, today and live in them and live them out. And for the person in the room today that said, I want to claim Jesus as my Savior, praise God, Lord, do a work in them that they're here, not, on, not by mistake, but they're here on purpose. And you've done a work today. Lord, praise God. I pray that they would come and talk to us in the prayer room and that they would take the next steps to following you, God. Lord, we thank you for your promise. We praise you. Let's worship together, church. Everybody say amen with me. Amen.